This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. It's Thursday, May 12, 2022. Well, if you've been following me a bit on Instagram, or I believe I mentioned it last in the podcast, perhaps not, I had a hive that was very aggressive. This hive, you know, if you walk within 50, maybe 75 feet of it, would just, the guards would come out and go after you. When I worked on this hive, I actually did a split where I, I, I split two nukes to be requeened with um, Saskatraz queens. The When I opened the lid, a whole group of them went up, looked me right in the eye, and just attacked me, stinging me in my... <laughs> I actually was all geared up except for my ankles, so they stung me in my ankles. and I realized that I had to do something. It was within about, I'd say, 50, 75 feet of a walking path we have, and I didn't want that to happen. So, And also, there are a few houses around our place here. So... The decision was, should we kill the hive, which uh, many traditional beekeepers would do, euthanasia, whatever it's called, where you take a bucket of soapy water or some other technique, and you kill them. Two, relocate them. Or three, I guess, leave them where they are. So I went through this dilemma and and looked at some of the science, and sure enough, it it seems that historically we have, um, with genetics focused on, for obvious reasons, bees that aren't as aggressive. And the Africanized bees in the south, and there's a there's a situation in Puerto Rico where the Africanized bees were basically um, left alone, and they gradually um, genetically mixed with other strains, and they became less aggressive to humans, but continued their aggressiveness to other parasites and other pests, including the varroa mites. Um, and so they actually became a better version of themselves and adapted with the environment. Now, the problem is you have to deal with a period of time where they're quite aggressive. So my fear was that, you know, this hive that randomly survived last summer, last winter, sorry, as did the other nine hives I got, which were fantastic hives, are fantastic hives, but they all have different personalities. I've been in the hives because normally I wouldn't be in them this much, but in splitting them and, 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 you know, expanding on the number of hives so we can continue to add different genetic queens meant that I pretty much have been in every hive a couple of times and you get a sense of their personality. Um, and from very relaxed to just what we would call normally inquisitive to a little aggressive, which is healthy, I think, and then to this other hive, which was quite aggressive, making it difficult to work with. But, you know, frankly, if you get all suited up, um, you can get in there and whatever it is you're going to do, it would be fine. So I made the decision after thinking about the science that suggests we shouldn't eliminate some of the aggressive traits in bees. And certainly I'm not going to euthanize or kill any bees the thought then was, I'll move them to the uh, back of our forest, a section that's probably well over a thousand. I think it's about 1,500 feet from any any living residence, and probably 750 feet from any beehives. So there's no risk that when we're around our other beehives or living our life, we're going to run into them. And also pick a section of the forest that we rarely go to. Um, there's also a uh, you know a 365-day stream basically that runs at the back that the bees would have access for water, plus we still have two ponds on the property and one right next door, so there's ample water. And way back in the bush, of course, in the forest, there's all kinds of other wildflowers. And they will forage, obviously, toward the house here and toward the clover, but at least the hives won't be close. 
Got up early this morning, got all suited up, did the Velcro. You can, you can see the sort of the video story on, on Instagram. But anyway, I got I got to the hive, and I had forgotten that I, I had put a very interesting in, entrance reducer, and I, I, with my entrance reducers, I screw them into the wood. So use of a screen that would block the entrance wasn't an option. So then, here I am, and the sun's getting up, and you can see there's a few bees out. I thought, okay, I'll just use that wet towel technique that some beekeepers use when there's a, um, a robbing incident where you're supposed to cover the hive with a wet towel to stop the other bees from getting into the hive. So I thought, okay, well, if it stops bees from getting in, it'll stop bees from getting out, and I'll just drape this over the entrance, put it over the entrance, not really stuff it into the entrance because I only have a very tiny entrance point for the bees. So I did that. Got it on the tractor and back of the wagon started moving. I, I, you know, I was getting buzzed by a few bees, but not much. Well, then when I got to the site, the bee, the towel had moved a little bit, and there was quite a large clump of bees, like a little swarm of bees on the outside. And when I lifted the lid, they had had also over time chewed a small entrance. These these are really tough bees, so they all also had somewhat of an upper escape entrance if they needed it, which you think is quite clever, right? That's that's a pretty smart bunch of bees. So I I, uh, I picked up the hive and and just went for it. I I redraped the towel and got them to the spot took the towel off when they were all settled on a little skid that I had put out in the in the bush area and they kept buzzing me there was quite a quite a commotion initially and then they they would buzz me probably till I got about 150 feet 250 feet from um, the location and there were a few that stuck with me probably 500 600 feet till I got up close to where I had started the process after I put it all away, I noticed that there were some uh, bees had come back. They must have been out foraging for water or something else because there were some uh, some bees left because I walked right up to the spot where that hive had been and I got buzzed again by uh, a few bees were sitting on the um, sort of the ground where the bees were, where the hive was. And so obviously they're still attracted to the pheromone and uh, weren't happy that, you know, their home had been moved. There weren't very many because I did this at about 6 a.m. this morning. Uh, Eastern Standard Time is when I started the process. Long story short, it was successful. The bees are out by the uh, end of our forest in, in the middle of a thicket where they're protected and um, hopefully they'll thrive. Um, should they swarm, hopefully the, the new bees will mate with some of our other uh, drones that we have. And, you know, nature goes on. I know a lot of beekeepers are probably upset with me saying, well, you should have killed them because... If they swarm, they'll infiltrate other hives and all this stuff. But frankly, that, uh, you know, what we have been doing isn't been working, hasn't been working. So, you know, it's time to really open ourselves up to, to accept different uh, research methods and to try different things. And probably most of it will be common sense uh, getting back to nature. So there was that research finding on aggression that came from Puerto Rico how these bees were more likely to fight off mites and other disease if they maintained some of their aggressive traits. And another interesting finding, and I'll just leave you with this and give you an update on something else that's happening, I think today at the farm. There has been more and more science on what happens to bees when the temperature within the hive exceeds a certain level. And it turns out that once the temperature in the hive is above 38 degrees Celsius, things start to happen to drones and queens. 
the research shows that drones, in fact, once I believe it's, it hits about 40 to 42 degrees Celsius, drones actually 50% of them will die. And once you start moving above 38 degrees Celsius, the queen becomes very stressed and is unable to lay eggs in the same way. And often the, the uh, sperm is, it dies in high temperatures. So when you think of, um, if you remember last year, I'm not sure if you can, if you follow me last year, but in some, we have sensors, temperature sensors in many of our hives last year, and we have, we're putting more in this year. Some of our hives were well in excess of 40 degrees Celsius at certain times of the year because of the heat we had. And it seems that the bees were not able to keep the hive cool. Now remember, we have water sources all around the farm. Uh, some of our bees are actually in shaded conditions so that they have they don't get that hot afternoon sun and, and still the temperatures were exceeding 40 degrees and when you think of all the queen failures we had last year you have to wonder about the combination of that added to the stress which is then added to other things and when you think of the temperature around North America and Europe last year that hit you know records world records um, it may explain why so many bees didn't make it uh, this year and that they were already starting to fail as ours did in, in the late fall. Um, so, so that's something to keep in mind and we're going to be putting more uh, uh, temperatures inside hives in with uh, Monit, the um, incredible uh, sensor company. We have some still over a thousand feet from our home here where we're picking up the data and able to monitor our hives. One thing we are going to do is we're going to reintroduce some of our hives into more forested regions so that they will have cooler day temperatures because of the shade opportunities. And in deciduous uh, thickets, they'll be able to have sun in the winter because there'll be no leaves. Yet as it uh, gets warmed up in the summer, there'll be, of course, a leaf canopy which will protect them. Yesterday also had an incredible experience moving a Langstroth hive frames into a uh, top bar, which was quite interesting. I had to have a uh, electric saw and a drill and a whole bunch of stuff, and I'll talk about that in our next podcast. This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, the other thing that's probably happening today is I think we finally are going to be commissioning our 24-7 a webcam. I'll give you some more ideas on how you can sign up for that. Uh, first 30 days are free. Check it out. After that, it's $15 a year to help support what we do here on the farm. It's quite a costly endeavor to hook up a 24-7 web webcam to have the proper technology and also the team to do that. And also, as you know, we had to replace all our bees and we continue to move forward with more research. So if you feel it's worth it and you, and you, and you want to throw it on your, your, your computer and watch it occasionally and help us, really the purpose of the 24-7 cam is to, is to get you, everyone out there, to help us understand what's going on with bees. And this hive, as we, as we go live, I'll, I'll give more of an explanation as to, you know, what is this hive about and how you can collect your own data, you can do observations because we believe and I believe that a great deal of what you can learn from a hive is by watching what happens at the entrance. So this camera will be focused on the entrance of the hive and we'll be able to look at all kinds of things as we move through the growing season. So this is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing day and we'll talk soon.